I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Talking With Giants podcast. This week the podcast is depleted thanks to Nathaniel Wood's call up to the Combined Nations podcast who are recording on the same night as ourselves, which leaves us a little short of numbers. But don't worry, we've patched up Jake Rowlands and he's ready to get into this week's topic uh, with myself, Matt Shaw and Josh Phillips. So how are we doing guys? Not too bad, thanks mate, you? Yeah, good, yeah, good, good, hey, good. I'm good as well, hope you two are. Excellent. So we've got uh, a couple of things to talk about this week. One of them being uh, Hull 17, Huddersfield Giants 10. Uh, I thought what we should do first is Nathaniel obviously can't be with us. So we uh, he's playing cricket. He's not actually been called up to the national, you know, the combined podcast uh, team. But, you know, uh, <laughs> so I thought what we'd do is he sent through a little voice memo uh, and we'll play uh, Nat's thoughts first and then we'll we'll get stuck into that straight after. Hi guys, it's Nathaniel here. Sorry I can't be with you tonight. I'm sure Josh, Matt and Jake looking after you and you're all enjoying Jake's ramblings about Friday night's defeat to Hull. Um, just a few thoughts from myself. Uh, first half, I was quite impressed. I know we didn't like scoring, but the effort and commitment the boys showed were good. Uh, a lot better from the Salford and Wakefield defeats the two games previous to that. Um, good to see Darnell running back. Louis getting his first game of the season. So that was good. I thought Ollie Russ were very good for the first 20 minutes in the first half. Um, Hull, yeah, they were very poor themselves, but we did what we did. And yeah, I just thought a very professional performance in the first half, which was pleasing to see. To say we did have quite a young side out. I know Hull had a young side too, and a few missing themselves. But, you know, look at what we had missing themselves and concentrate on us. And it wanted that like, the greatest of selection teams. So happy with that. Um, unfortunately, I think the Simbin in his first 10 minutes of the second half killed us, especially when we lost Darnell. Um, to the injury I thought which never gained no momentum in that second half and we always seemed on the back foot and I think the one time we did look at getting on the front foot Gaskell give um, a penalty away and then they broke downfield and scored so um, I think as soon as we went behind probably didn't like winning again unfortunately due to the last 15 minutes I think we were a bit fatigued we also had five or six lads who had been off the last two weeks due to Covid in the team and not trained much and no cohesion in attack, so I think we, unfortunately, just be burnt out in the end. But fair play to the boys; they stuck with it for eighty minutes, and I think they deserve a lot of credit. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the excuse of yeah, well, we tried and the effort was good. I get that, but after what's going on at the club the last two, three weeks with COVID and international call up, so on, then I think we can be pleased with the effort and commitment. And before we all saw the whole team, no one expected much, so I don't feel that should change just because we saw the whole the whole side myself. Um, I thought, like I said earlier, I thought Ollie Russ was very good the first 20 minutes. Let's control the game. I thought he struggled after the Simbin in. Um, but again, he was behind the beaten pack. I thought Hull Forward stepped up. I thought Manu Mal for them were, were excellent. He ran hard all night on that left edge and, and caused problems. Um, I thought Darnell were good on return. It's sad to see him 
go down, which reported a killer's injury, which I hope not. Unfortunately, if he does move on, I think that'll be the end of his Giants career, and it'd be sad to see him go like that. So, hopefully, that's not the case. But looking forward to the Catalan game on Thursday and the Castleford game the week after. I think if we can get the likes of Seas and Kenny and Jerry about with Kenny Edwards and Luke Yates as, as rock in the middle as such, then. And the young lads keep loving this energy they, they brought on Friday. And I think we should be able to give these next two games a good dig. Um, unfortunately, the, the optimistic of me, I'm starting to see the playoffs sliding away now. And that hurts because I thought we'd, we'd have a good chance of making the top six this year. But that's probably out of sight now. We probably just need to look at building some momentum, picking up a few wins. And I suppose if you win two or three in a row, you never know where you could be, especially if teams start not playing due to COVID and stuff like that. It looks like it's rife in Super League. So... Fingers crossed the boys can go out and get the job done. Um, everyone who probably listens will probably know that I'm still confident we'll beat Cat on the Thursday. I reckon we can still put in a performance. Um, so I'll back us to beat Catalan. I'm looking forward to being back down the stadium again and tune on the boys. Um, hope for season injuries not too bad. Hope for Jerry and all that are okay as well from the combined nations. And well done to them boys for pulling off a win against England. They deserve a bit of credit themselves. So well done, lads. Um, but that's it from me. Um, thanks for listening, and I hope everyone enjoys it. Thank you. There we go. That's uh, what Nat had to say on uh, the game. Uh, let's get stuck in with uh, with you then, Jake. How did you see the game? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go too hard on them this week. I've had a lot of, uh, you know, I've, real- I've come to the realisation we are actually a, a pretty poor side. Um, you know, no offence to anybody you know, people might think differently, but I've realised we generally are a poor team. We are where we are. Probably will lose eighty percent of his games. Um, last Friday was no different. Um, you know, I thought there were quite a few positives. I don't like celebrating defeats like a lot of Giants fans do, but there were a couple of positives. You know, the effort were there, but the effort should be there every game. You know, win or lose, um, so you shouldn't be praising effort for me. But the effort was there this week, which you, which I don't think it quite was the, the previous two weeks. Um, you know, Louis Senior did make a couple of errors. He looked a bit nervous under the high ball, but you know, he was big, he were our biggest meter maker. Thought he ran really, really hard in his carries. You know, he's, he looked looked to have bulked up quite a bit. Thought Sam Hewitt played really well um, when he came on. Um, a bit disappointing, like Sir Jack Ashworth, uh, Ashworth, Joe Greenwood. I just thought they were really poor. James Gavey again. Um, I just think them three aren't really up to up to task. You know, the, Ashworth in particular had a chance to stake a claim for a spot this week. You know, he's not played for quite a while. He just doesn't look up to the task at all. Um, so that was the most disappointing. Um, you know, yeah, it's just you could just see what's coming. Really, you know, eight nil up, they went to ten nil, and then you know we got the Simbin, and you just know what's going to happen with Giants. You know, that Simbin in. Ultimately, it's cost us game because we just lost lost us way completely. Um, if it had been another way around, would we have taken advantage of that? Probably not, because we never seem we never seem to do. And I just think that's the difference between a poor side and a half decent side, which you know does suggest we are a pretty poor team, really. Um, like Nat said, I think playoffs are completely gone now. Um, well, he said he said it doesn't. Probably, probably are gone, but I'm telling you now they are gone. <laughs> I don't think this side's capable of making the playoffs. I think we'll probably finish second bottom or third bottom of the league this year. Um, but for me now, it's about building for next year. So I'd like to see the likes of like Louis Senior, Sam Hewitt, etc., stay in the side going forward. Um, I don't see point now, you know, 
putting like Leroy Kudjo on the wing if he's potentially retiring or moving on at the end of this year. You know, I want to see them lads develop and because they're the future of the club and they're they're what's going to get us better better results going forward in the next couple of years. Anything to counter that, Josh? Um, I think it's a very well-reasoned assessment from uh, both Jake and Nathaniel, as always. Um, a couple of things I'd like to pick up on. Uh, the sin bin. Okay, so first of all, does anyone know what it was for? Because I've not watched it back, and I didn't have a clue what it was for at the time. Do either of no. you guys know? No, I still don't no. have a clue. No, anyway. So he got sent off um, Ollie Russell just before half-time. Uh, and Hull didn't score their first try until the 49th minute. So I, I think the narrative that the Simbin lost as the game, I don't, I don't think it's quite accurate. All right, it does take a lot out of you energy-wise defending for 10 minutes with uh, a man less. But we actually uh, only conceded one try in that period. But the effort was there. Um, you can't doubt that. However, I still think we wilted a bit um, between minutes 49 and 62 when they scored the three tries um we just you you can have the effort and still will at the same time i think that's what happened do you agree with with we celebrating effort on a weekly basis no 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 no. but um the effort should be there no matter what and I, i don't doubt the players are going out there to try i'm never questioning that but there's a difference isn't there between putting in the effort and you know really putting in the effort. I, I don't know how to describe that, but there is a difference. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we did see that, that extra effort in this game, whereas the, the week before, it wasn't there. I'm not saying the players didn't try against Salford because I'm sure they tried, but as I say, there is a, that, there's that gap, isn't there, between um, putting it all out there and just uh, going through the motion sort of thing. Yeah, there's a different, um, there's, difference between trying and being desperate to win. Yeah, that's it. That's it. De- yeah. The desperation, yeah. The, the intensity, I think. Yeah. And I think we played with really good intensity in the first half. And we, to be honest, we should have gone in more than 10 nil up at half time. I, I, felt, I felt we were dominant in that game. And that's the other thing I want to pick up on uh, what Nathaniel said about the, the players missing for Hull didn't change his expectations going into that game. For me, they changed massively because you yeah. take out Jake Connor, Chris Satte. Uh, who's the one? I can't remember. Yeah, who it was. Andre Savelio. Yeah, Savelio. Yeah, well, maybe not as much Savelio, but you know, Connor in particular. If he's not playing, he, he's their go-to man. So you're yeah. taking out seventy percent of their threat with ball they're, in he's, hand. He's their best player, into best, best player, player by yeah, country. He's player. Best player, yeah, hundred percent. So for me, to, to not have him playing, all right, Aiden Caesar is our best player. You could argue, um, but he doesn't have the same impact what Connor has for Hull. True. And, and regardless, I, I felt looking at the two sides on paper that lined up on Friday night, um, they had a couple of young uh, halfbacks on the bench, I think, and uh, a couple of yeah. debutants as well. I felt, I felt that our team was more well-rounded for an 80-minute performance. Mm-hmm. And especially after that first half, I thought, this game is there to be won. I, I, w- I won't have it that we couldn't have won that game. I don't think we were underdogs in that game. I thought yeah. it was an even match. And to be 10 nil up and in such control, it, I'm disappointed that we lost that game. And I know there's all excuses about COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But as I say, I thought our lineup, I thought we had a stronger lineup than them, to be honest. So I'm not, I'm not too happy with it. But, you know, it is what it is. It's, I'm not going to go in too hard because I say the effort, as I say, the effort was there. But what, what does that mean? You know, it's just another disappointing performance. 
I have to agree with that, Josh. I mean, I sent, I sent you, I did say last week on podcast that I thought we'd get hammered, didn't I? And then before kickoff, when I saw it line up, when I saw Swift and Lane had been pulled out of the squad, uh, there were no Danny Houghton, no Adam Swift. You know, I looked on paper and you, you saw both lineups and you think we've got by far the stronger squad that bit, that particular day. They had a couple of teenagers on bench, you know. Everyone that was in our squad has played Super League before, if not 10 plus games. Ashall Bolt's played quite a few Super League games couple of games this year for Wakefield, previously for Widness, for Salford uh, last year, you know, and he was the only person in our squad that hasn't played for this club before in Super League, you know, so it wasn't, I didn't look at our squad thinking, oh, we've got loads of youngsters, Hewitt's played Super League for the last couple of years, you know, Ante, you know, so as uh, Wilson's played quite a few games, you know, it's not like we had a squad full of teenagers, we, you know, we had a more experienced side out, uh, you know, more seasoned Super League pros, um, and I did expect us to win that game before kickoff. Looking yeah. at the sides, so. if we've got whole side, they've got uh, Connor Wynn fullback, very inexperienced. Yep. Jack Logan in the centres, just come back from uh, Batley. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce Mitali Vulikiviani. Easy for me to say. Anyway, he's he, he had a great game, by the way. He did. But, yeah, um, did. He's very inexperienced. And then you've got uh, on the bench Ben McNamara to have a half on the bench. I don't know much of Aidan Burrell and Mark. He's, he's a halfback so as well. Is that, so you've got two young halfbacks on the yep. bench. Yep. Look at our bench. You've got James Cunningham, super, well, allegedly Super League standard hooker. Sam Hewitt, very good uh, second row option. Matt English, Oliver Wilson, experienced to an extent Super League players. Well, English is, obviously. Wilson, not as much. But you know what I mean? You've got two yep. props, a second row option, and a hooker on the bench. And for us to lose the second half is a bit... Um, not what you'd expect, really, is it? With with those no. lineups, you might expect Hull to go off all guns blazing, and then we catch them up. But to go ten nil up at half time, it, oh, it's really disappointing for me to lose yeah. that game. Oh, it's, no, it's it is hundred percent. Um, you know, like Nat said, I thought Ollie Russell played really well first twenty minutes, but then he seemed to just lose his head a bit through a few forward passes. Um, and then Simbin, when he came back on from Simbin, he we were pretty much anonymous, to be honest. Um, mm. I'm, I'm not his biggest fan, as you know, but first 20 minutes, yeah, I can't argue. He, he looked very assured, he calm. He was picking the right options. But, you, you know, good players don't do it for 20 minutes, yeah. do they? They do no. it for 80 minutes. Yeah. And, that's... Um, and for me, Gaskell's very disappointing because when you need him to step up in games like that, where he's the main man, he never does for me. He has odd mm. good game, you know, when, when, we, when we're beating teams. Um, you know, earlier on in the season, makes a couple of breaks, a couple of decent plays. But when you really need him to step up, you're saying you're the star man today, come on, show me what you've got. He lets us down. And I thought he was really poor on Friday night. Yeah, can't so, disagree with that. You know, um, he's learning He's learning a lot about the squad. Yeah. Well, Gaskell won't be here anyway next season, as no. it's been revealed. We'll come on yeah. to that. But I think in these defeats, Watson is learning about players. And that's the only positive I can take from it, really, that he'll have a better idea next year what his squad what he wants his squad to look like and who can do a job for him and who can't ultimately. I do think there's a few players that played in Friday night that aren't Super League level players for us and it's players that you'd expect, Cunningham. you know. Yeah, I'd have to say, you know, Cunningham's looked poor this year. In previous years, he's always looked lively when he's played us. I was a big fan of him. I think he's been, you know, pretty pretty poor. Greenwood, for me, is being biggest letdown because he came with, mm. you know, sort of a high-profile been over towards I, I being thought, at St. Helens, Wigan. I thought he wasn't as bad on Friday, but that's, that's yeah. not saying much because against Salford, he was he was really bad. So. Yeah. Um, and Ashworth's yeah. proving why yeah, why St. Helens obviously let him go. Yeah, um, but you know, hope they can turn Gave, it around. Gave for me is 
barely Super League standard. No, he's not. Uh, you know, I, I have to agree with that. And you know, is that what we've got? We've got you know some seasoned Super League players mixed in with youngsters that well, Super League players that aren't quite good enough mixed in with some youngsters, and then a couple of excellent players like your Josh Jones, you know, uh, mm-hmm. your Jerry's, yeah. Um, your Caesars, yeah, you know. Um, worrying thing going forward is, you know, we've got our number one fullback who's going to have to play the rest of the season as a number nine. Um, you know, and that's he was that's great, by the way. Yeah, he was played really well. You know, um, mm. uh, yeah. one thing I one thing I mentioned, Josh, uh, at the weekend was whenever I watch Huddersfield Giants, um, which is always obviously for the podcast, uh, but when when we watch and when we when we lose, um, one thing that seems really sort of pertinent to me is that when we're up against it up against the pump or we're losing the wrestle uh that uh mentally a lot of a lot of the players just seem to wilt under the pressure a bit and i thought maybe watson was changing that a little bit at the start of the season and maybe that's down to having you know his first 13 available etc at the start but it, it seems to be when we lose a player uh on the field of play and we have to restructure or when we're you know or when the other team got on top of us we we we, yeah. we we really sort of not give up, but we we're really easy to roll over, and you know when the other team gets in a roll, we're e- really easy to sort of roll against, if you like. And and for me, there's this there's definitely a mental issue within that squad. I 100% believe that you know that the, that some of those players either are technically decent uh, and mentally not quite there yet, or maybe some aren't quite buying into what Ian Watson's doing, or maybe his philosophy that's coming across, you know, hasn't sunk in. Mm-hmm deeply with some of them i don't know exactly what it is obviously but it, it just seems to me that when the other side get a bit of a you know get a bit of momentum that we we really struggle when we're up against it rather than sort of dig in and stand firm thing is well old habits die hard don't they and yeah. we, we've been a bang average team now for six, uh, this is the sixth season of being you know nowhere near what we were previously but to be honest even when we were a good side we you could still uh, throw that accusation at so that in big games just wilting it's just mm. the same old story and a lot of them it's the same sort of personnel a lot of the players have been at the club for a long time and uh, the thing is Ian Watson's trying to change that but it's it's very hard to do and if you're not getting the results it's even harder to get the players to buy into it you know if we were if we were a bit higher at the table then maybe Friday night's a different story but when you're on the on the run that we are and losing is becoming such a habit, um, yeah, think, things like that just keep happening, don't they? And it's whenever a team gets us in, uh, they call it the washing machine, don't they, where you just, you know, they've got to score a try and then they're rinsing through the sets. You're giving penalties away. You can't, you can't, um, you can't get them controlled defensively. You're, you're losing the rook. You're not making your 10 metres back. You're six again, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what happened on Friday night in that 15-minute um, spell. And we just don't, we can't find a way to um, work our way out of that, really. And so what you're uh, saying is we need gonna, a we need a fabric time. softener. Is that what you're saying in the middle of the park? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. we need a fabric <laughs> softener. Yeah. I think well, it's going to take time, isn't it? Yeah, Course, I, yeah. mean, I think there's a really bad culture at the club, personally, um, and that includes the fans. I mean, I get a lot of stick for being quite negative, but you know, we have a lot of fans that just love throwing excuses out every week. We lose as an excuse. It's like you know, on Friday because we've got five out of combinations. But you've got to look at it both ways. So did Hull, you know, when we beat Leeds earlier in the season, Leeds were depleted. I've never seen a Leeds side as depleted as they were. We only just scraped a result. You know, we had a pretty much a full strength 17 out there. But yet, it, but it'd be, in that instance, it's like, well, we won, you know. Yeah, but we played really bad, to be fair. But, you know, and if we have that attitude of, 
Well, we well, we won, so we've got to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, we did win. Good, yeah, good to have the two points, but we're still really poor, and we needed to improve going forward from that game. Mm. Oh, you can well, that, that, result, impro- that result looks different now, doesn't it? Because at the time it was like we've had a tricky start to the season. Winning a game like this, and you know, ugly by a point, it might be what we need to turn things around. And then the week after, we backed it up by beating Warrington. Yep. So at, at that time, I was thinking, well, that Leeds result, you know, it's, it could be pretty good come the end of the season. But you look at it now and it, it, it takes on a different perspective, doesn't it? Because it's another game where we've not performed well. Yep. And OK, we got the win, but it was it was not a good performance, as I said. And to be honest, there's only the first half of the Warrington game is the only half, the only part of the, the season where we've played well, in my opinion. Can you think yeah, of any other? Apart, apart from Lee's second half, but you expect that. You know, yeah. Lee getting in midweek and week out there, pretty much apart from yeah. running a couple of teams close. But I have to agree. And, you know... You can turn around to most of our fans and say that first half of the Warrington game was the blip in this season. You know, yeah. I used to say Warrington were just woeful, you know, and allowed us to play like that because the rest of the season we have been really poor. And what's worrying for me is, you know, we didn't mention it last time, but our first home game back in a year and a half, the players got booed off the field um, against Salford. That's got to be alarming for Ken Davy and Richard Fulis because... You know, you don't expect that after, you know, fans have been so eager to get back to the stadium for that long, booing the side off the field. The brand of rugby we're playing is absolutely diabolical. You know, it's one-man rugby that doesn't really suit us and I can't see how it's going to change the rest of this year. And I can just see crowds the rest of the year just getting less and less. Next week, we're going to have a terrible crowd. Well, this was Thursday, sorry, against Catalan. I bet, I bet there's less than 1,500 there, if not if not less than that. You know, because... It doesn't excite you. I mean, I, I'm I'm not eager to go this week because you don't come away thinking, oh, that, that were a good. Even in defeat, that were a good game. It's that were rubbish, you know. And I just can't see that changing uh, at the moment. Well, this, this, that brand of rugby relies on getting results, doesn't it? If, yeah. if you're winning, if you're winning, yeah. I don't. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because in in football, I'm, uh, I'm I tend to favour like the the purest side of it. So I, I like teams to play out from the back and. If the, you know teams that I'm watching. I'm not saying I'm a, a, a hipster. Yeah, exactly. But but in rugby, I, I think you can get away a bit more with um, one man. What you class as boring rugby, if you're getting results. Yeah. Because rugby's a game where you have to attack anyway. So it's not like football. You can just you know part the bus as it were. Rugby, when you've got the ball, you've got to go forward at some point. And uh, it, it can be boring a little bit. But if, if you're getting results, you're going to score tries, which are obviously exciting. And uh, getting the wins in dramatic fashion, um, that's obviously a positive too. But if you're not getting the results and you're playing this brand of rugby, then that's another another stick to hit uh, the club with, isn't it? Or hit Ian Watson with. I mean, look, we've scored four tries in three games. Yeah. That's how bad Which is it is. all right if you're conceding one or two tries in those games. Yeah, but, but look, look at the sides we've <laughs> look at the sides we've faced. Salford, Wakefield and Hull are de- really depleted Hull. You know, it's... Salford have got, got 30 odd points put on them again this week, yeah. you know, after only conceding uh, eight against us last week. You know, it's just make you wonder yeah. as a t- as attack is absolutely dreadful. I mean, yeah, losing to Salford and Wakefield, you've got to say, where's the wind coming from? Yeah, that's, uh, that's the worry yeah. for me. Mm. Cheers up, Josh. Throw in some stats for us, will you? All right. I'll, che- I'll cheer Jake up because he'll love this. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Lewis Sr., uh, he tops the metres. Uh, 200 metres and the most carries 16 and the most average gain 12.5 so uh, I was a bit critical of him on Friday night uh, under the high ball I just thought he looked he looked very scratchy he's not um, played for a while though has he to be fair he hasn't played for a while but didn't look good his, uh, his attempts but you know you can't argue with the stats uh, in terms of 
meters. And to be fair, when when he gets when the play breaks up, he's one of our only players that looks like he could go the length of the field. In fact, he's probably the only player who looks yeah. like he could do that. So yeah, it's good to have a bit of pace in the team. Um, as, yeah, as you say, maybe there is a school of thought, Jake, where the season's pretty much over. Although what, I know Watson can't admit that, but in in his head, he could he could be thinking. I've got nothing to lose giving Lucini a few more games, um, see how he gets on, see if he can improve on his flaws in his game. Because yeah. the only way he will improve is by playing, I suppose. But uh, it just depends how he sees it. Or if I don't think Watson's that type of bloke. I think he'll either yeah. have Leroy Kudjo. If Jake Wardle's back fit and Lutelli comes back, I think Leroy Kudjo will be straight back over mm. on that left wing. Uh, yeah. I just think that's what that's the sort of sort of, sort of uh, coach Ian Watson is very conservative yeah. and he likes his senior players um, or not so or not not hopefully in this case not. hopefully not <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't like his senior brothers but he likes his senior <laughs> uh, elsewhere uh, Ashton Golding 135 metres and of course Josh Jones 112 they were the only other two players to break the 100 metre mark um Elsewhere, what have we got? Sam Wood, two offloads. Uh, we don't tend to offload much, do we? So, uh, Lee Gaskell, most tackle busts with five. Uh, Josh Jones, just behind them, four. Uh, and then in defence, uh, Joe Greenwood um, made the most tackles with 47, which is pretty low in comparison to the top tacklers that we've had uh, throughout this season. You know, Luke Yates has been above 70 a few times. Michael Lawrence... Uh, many times over his career has topped 80, 90. So 47 most tackles is quite low for your top tackler. But, you know, credit to Greenwood. He also made the most marker tackles with 10. So you've got to give him credit where it's due. He's definitely putting a shift defensively on Friday. And uh, Leroy Kudjo was the only player who made at least 20 tackles to uh, have 100% tackle success. So there's your individual stats. Just a couple on the... Um, on the team stats. So it's pretty similar, to be honest. There's not much between the teams. Very similar number of tackles, marker tackles and tackle success. Uh, we gave away 10 penalties to Hull 7. So discipline cost us a bit there. And in terms of attack, uh, we actually had a higher average meet again, 8.28 to Hull's 7.69. But again, there's not really much in that. Uh, only two clean, clean breaks in the game, uh, both made by Hull. And as I say, they offload the ball a lot more than us, 10 to 4. Um, but everything else was pretty similar, to be honest. It was a pretty even game. Uh, just that 15-minute spell where the game was won and lost. Hmm. Right, guys. The weekend, um, as we've as we've already described, a bit of a mess. On the back of COVID and the injury issues, we've had to lose several players for a game, uh, which was a bit of a disaster, really. Although, we've, as, as you've said, Josh, you know, you know, all had the same issues as us. Um, but I think this go transcends um, the game more. Um, as far as I know, and I'm happy to be corrected, but the RFL put this as a, an international weekend in the calendar quite a while ago, uh, before the Super League fixtures came out anyway, which made me wonder what Super League are playing at really in organising a round of fixtures, you know, when there's an international game going on. It's a, it's a real own goal by the authorities for me. Uh, to me, the international game could be the saving grace of Rugby League as well, because... Rugby League, you know, it's governed constantly by short-term self-interest by the owners of Super League. And the RFL and them really need to get together and sort out a proper calendar because with proper competitions, 
I think international rugby league could really be the driving force of the you know the entire game. Um, you floating sports fans. I'm sorry to break it to you know to us, but floating sports fans do not give a shit about mill towns ripping into each other. You know, on Sky Sports on a Thursday night, they do not care. But England, France, Australia—that is what your floating fan wants to see. Uh, that's what we should be pushing towards. Even if the competition's slightly lopsided, you know, as it will be. But even if you throw these games in, interest interest lifts. You know, standards lift. You know. We need credible international competitions to make the average punter get behind what is a great sport that we love. At the minute, there are less eyes on the game than probably what there's ever been. There's less people playing. And we've got a number of Super League chairmen just interested in their own little pockets. You know, not the pockets, but their own little corner. The international game could be huge for, for the sport in general. I just wonder what quickly what you guys think of that. Because for me, at the very top of our concerns for rugby league and at the very top of what we want to showcase international rugby league, the ashes, Australia, you know, the Oceania cup, even, you know, show it over here. This is what should be, what we should be sh- sort of showing to people and selling to people and saying, look, this is rugby league. You know, we've seen, you know, maybe not the, um, the state of origin, you know, that's a bit one-sided <laughs> at the moment, isn't it? But that should not be the top of the game. You know, that should not be the yeah. pinnacle of rugby league, the pinnacle of rugby league should be internationals. Um, and mm. we've made a complete mess of this for years and again. Sean Wayne's been coached for 16 months and that's the first game he's, he's overseen and it's against mm. a combined nations team. Yeah. It's, no, a, me- it's think, a complete mess. Yeah. I have to agree, but that, that should have been called off this week though. I mean, that England side was, that, that's given England no preparation leading up into World Cup whatsoever because that was the worst England side I've ever seen. <laughs> we're, absolutely, <laughs> we're absolutely abysmal. If you've got likes of Stefan Ratchford, you know, and players like that, Joe Westerman, I know he's played well this year, but he's not an international player. You know, Reese Lynn, you know, it's done absolutely no good that whatsoever. Isn't that part of a problem though? Because it's, that match was seen by both clubs and supporters as like an inconvenience. And that goes against so. what Matt, what you were saying, Matt. It's, although say, having said that, in uh, in football, uh, international breaks are, are also seen in that way, aren't they? But then when it's the big tournaments, like Euro 2020, then everyone's involved. Everyone gets excited. Mm. Um, but the clubs but do respect we, the international breaks, don't they, in football? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you don't play that week. Premier League don't play that weekend. No, um, but I think the difference is, though, no matter where you are in the world, if you're good enough to play for your country, you'll be flown back. Whereas at the moment, all the Oz players that would be in England side, they weren't going to fly back for this, were they, in, in, in these true. sort of times. So, you know, you're five, six players down straight away. What You know, five or six of your better players as well. You know, you like to Tom Burgess, probably Ryan Sutton, um, Josh Hodgson, um, you know, um, well, say Elliot Whitehead, um, you know, they'd, they'd all be in England side this time round. Your um, guy from St. Ellen's who was playing at Canterbury, Luke Thompson, you know, mm-hmm. they'd all be in England side, you know, and then players aren't really standouts in NRL at the moment. So it just suggests to me that, you know, the sort of side that England uh, are going to be putting out against Australia and New Zealand this time. And I think it would be nothing but an absolute hammering in that World Cup if, uh, if you know, if half of the players about not play coming as well, aren't they? That's it, isn't it? How, how many games as a fan, as a neutral, would you want to see at a World Cup? Because for me, there's only three, possibly four teams that we're interested in watching, if we're being honest. And three of them are in the Southern Hemisphere and they all yep. play each other in, in the NRL each week. Exactly. So we're more interested in, aren't we, really? As... Uh, as fans of rugby league, seeing that the hemispheres go head to head, 
But um, yeah, I suppose from from my global audience, the World, World Cup is attractive, but maybe the if, a lot of games would be blowouts. So that's my only concern. I think problem is as well, England have lost them star players now that won't be representing, um, you know, like your James Grahams who were massive over there, Sam Burgess. We don't have that sort of player now in England squad. Would you agree mm. with that? We don't really You're have up. a star. You know, John yeah. Bateman was, but I don't think he quite has the same impact. In, you Sam know, Burgess. Sam Burgess is only a star because he played rugby union and played NRL. If you he, he didn't play either of those, no one would know who he was. In my no, opinion, if he, but, if he played Super League his whole career. So, no, no, yeah. no, 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 exactly. But, you know, you like to John Bateman went over there, but he still doesn't... He, he doesn't he, he he's, said not, he's, not, he's not famous. No, no he's, he's not as famous as, as Burgess and he won't pull in the same no. amount of people, you know, neutral fans. No. If you say to an odd person on the street, do you know Sam Burgess? says, yeah, yeah, I do. Do you know who John Bateman is? No, I don't have a clue, you know. Depends where you ask, doesn't it? Yeah. If, if you ask down here, uh, you know, down near London, they, they'll know Sam Burgess. They won't know John Bateman. But I suppose Sam Burgess is a, is a bit of a one-off, isn't he? Yeah, but I wasn't really impressed with Bateman. You know, I think since he's come back to uh, Super League, I don't no. think he's quite been at the races this year. You know, no. um, I don't think he's been particularly great for Wigan. So no. I don't know why you'd come back if you're in your no. career. I'd, I'd stay out there. His daughter wants it, so we can't blame him for coming back yeah, to his know, family. Yeah, I mean, yeah, family, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, we'll move it on uh, from yeah, we'll there. The injury is... One, one more thing on that. One Do we think the Aussies are really bothered about playing in the World Cup? No, I, I'm not sure they'll no, come. To be honest, no, no, I don't think they will. I think they'll they're pushing for it over there, aren't they? They've said that they'll host it. I think, um, you know, they, they know they've got our number. It'll just be, you know, the, yeah, they aren't worried. They aren't worried about us. <laughs> <laughs> that New South Wales team, which is pretty much the Australian team. Imagine what they'd have done to that England team on Friday night. Oh, it'd be bad. It'd have been bad. Oh. <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be like it'd be like Saint Helens playing a championship lower end championship side. That's yeah. that's the difference in standard, you know. Yeah, it's pointless. Yeah. It? Uh, Jake, tell us about the injuries that the the mounting up, and obviously we'd want to send our best wishes to Darnell as well, who's who's yeah injured his like, Achilles. Obviously, um, you know Darnell looks to done his Achilles tendon. That probably means his career, Giants career is over. So you know, good luck to Darnell because it seems certain that he's off to Hull if he don't put on the Giants shirt again. Been a really good player for us. Um, disappointed to see him go. Um, Adam O'Brien done for the season. Big one for us that because you know he's our best hooker by country mile. Um, he then got uh, Joe Wardle that's going to be out for majority at season, I believe, but it's pretty much him done for the season as well. If what idea is correct, Bruno's obviously got to go in for some surgery. I don't know what he's done. Um, I didn't realise he were even injured after that uh, Salford game, so it looks like he's going to be out for an extended period as well. You know, and then we've still got like Sir Chester Butler on sidelines that nobody even hears anything of anymore. You know, he's you know he's been at the club two and a half years now, I think, or something like that. And you know, I think he came on not last year, year before against Catalans for about twenty minutes. Um, twenty seconds, wasn't it? Twenty seconds, something like that. You know, we don't, we don't even hear what the issue is. I know he had surgery on his hip a while ago, but you know, he should be well over that by now. Um, You've got John Luke Kirby still, you know, still think he's out for the season still, but I did notice he played a game for Jewsbury a while back, but then haven't played since, so don't know what's quite going on there, you know. Um, then you've got also the COVID hitting, uh, players get unfit, you know, just how fit are they? You know, it's, it's not looking good for us really, but you know, this is where we've got to stop the excuses and we've got a big enough squad to still put a decent squad out. We can't be making those excuses anymore, you know. Other teams are going for exactly the same as we are. Um, you know, every team's suffering. We're going to suffer in. 
massively with injuries. You know, Bevan French out for the season. Ardick is out for a few weeks. Bateman's injured following Combined Nations game. You know, every every squad's got injuries. So, you know, it's, it's not an excuse for me now. We've got to roll our sleeves up and, and dig in. Yeah, fair enough. And, and with that, uh, there are rumours and confirmed rumours now, aren't there, Jake, with Wakefield announcing uh, Lee Gaskell will be headed to them next year? Yeah, uh, Gaskell confirmed today, as we expected, going to Wakefield. Pretty strange one for me, because they've just signed that Mason Lino, and then they've got, obviously, Miller. So they're obviously signing him to be a similar player to what uh, he is here. Maybe full, maybe play full-back and half-back. Uh, you know, not really settled in one position there. Maybe just sort of fluctuate between the two, but probably always in the side. I think he'll go well for Wakefield, really. Um not too disappointed to see him go because I don't think he stands up enough, like I said earlier, when we really need him to. Um, you know, it's, it's more of a... He's a, a luxury backup, player. A luxury backup player, yeah. You know, that somebody that is a good at fullback, not excellent, is a good half, maybe not excellent, but, you know, he's good to have as a somebody that can just fill in, you know, and, and we all injuries at the moment. He'll probably play 90% at games if he's fit. He has stayed fit this year and it's one of the only seasons where he has stayed fit, really. So it's... Sad to see him go in that respect because last year I would have said, you know, with his injury record, you know, happy to see him go. But he has actually kept fit this year. So, um, yeah, no, I, I don't know how I feel about it, really. Um, you know, it's just one of them, isn't it? There'll be a lot of disappointed fans, um, you know, and I can see why. But I also don't, I personally don't think he's, he's what we need going forward. No, I'd, I'd go with that, yeah, to be honest. He's... He's had some good games for us and he, he's always a threat near the opposition line, well, normally anyway. But I think, as you say, he does need uh, a senior half alongside him if he's playing in the half. So if he's playing at fullback, there's there's always that big danger of uh, the opposition target him and he's he's not the best in the air. So we know what to do next time we play Wakefield. Uh, but yeah. no doubt he'll have, he'll have a sensational game against us. Going yeah. for a hat trick or something like that. No, is, good luck to him. Good luck yeah, to him. no, good luck to him. But this is exactly that. Like I was saying with Louis Senior earlier, you know, Gaskell's had many games this year at fullback where he's looked really dodgy under eyeball. You know, he's 30 now. Looked terrified, you know, against St. Helens a couple of times and cost us a couple of tries. So I think that's why we've got to persevere with Louis. You know, he's 21, just gone 21 as well. Still a really young lad. Um, you know, and he's only going to improve. So I suppose Gaskell had the excuse of filling in at fullback, and he's you he think he's more of a halfback. But I suppose if he's going to Wakefield, as you said, the chances are he will be a, a regular fullback. So he needs to, yeah, that would be something he's got to work on. Yeah. So as we look forward now to Catalans, Catalans have uh, made a good start this year. Uh, what are we looking at then? What we're we looking in terms of uh, team selection, um, maybe a score prediction as well, and, and and maybe Jake lead us into, you know, your team selection and maybe the reason for it and the aim going yeah. forward now as well. Yeah, um, you know, I think we've depends who was injured really from that combined nations game. I know Jerry had a bit of a an issue towards the end, didn't he? Caesar looked like he were injured. Um, you know, Kenny, Luke Yates, and Lutelli come straight back in. Don't know what's up with Jake Wardle. Um, I'm hoping, you know, we did name him, so I'm hoping that it was just a little niggle and he might be okay for this week. If so, he's straight back on the right. Uh, Leroy had dropped out of the side for me. I'd leave Louis on the left with Lou Telly. Um, and then obviously we'd have Jerry and uh, Jake Wardle on the right. If Jake's not fit, then Leroy remains at right centre. I'd keep Ashall Bot at the back. You know, he looked like he had a bit of pace uh, and he's only going to get better as well the more games he plays. You know, he's been... I think he's had two games anti this year. You know, the more games he plays regularly, you know, the better he'll get. 
Uh, Goldin's going to have to stay at nine now. Um, we've got no no option but to play him there, unless we did move Goldin back back, you know, to full back and give one at Young Uckers a try uh, from Academy. Um, George Roby or Kieran Rush, but I can't see Watson doing that uh, just yet. Um, like I said, Yates comes back in at prop. Um, Gavitt's going to have to stay in, even though I don't think he's particularly good enough, but we've not got anyone else to play there at the moment. Um, then, you know, you've got your second row, probably going to be Kenny Edwards, Joe Greenwood with Josh Jones at loose. Then you've got Cunningham on bench for me. Um, Ollie Wilson, Matt English will have to miss out because he failed his HIA. Um, Sam Hewitt, and I'd probably put Sam Wood in there. It's a bit of a utility. Can play second row centre if we pick up injuries. Um, that's the team I'd go with this week. Cat see us winning regardless who plays. Um, you know, the, the one-out rugby ain't going to work against Catalans. The forwards are too big. Um, they didn't have many players missing last week, uh, the combinations team, so they'll be, you know, they had they played Cass the one quite comfortably I think um, you know big forwards all the steamrollers Tompkins always causes us problems you know uh, he'll probably get a couple of tries like he always does against us uh, just you know just can't see us winning personally I think it'll be another poor defeat you know where we might can't see us scoring many tries either hope I'm wrong and I can just um, and I hate to say this but I can just see him getting booed off the field again on second home game going <laughs> You're going to be part of that? Uh, no, not not if the effort's there. Um, you know, I just want to see us compete, you know, put the effort in. But I'd like to see us to keep developing these youngsters, like I said, Hewitt, Lewis Senior, Ollie Wilson, you know, leave them guys in this week. Don't drop them just for the sake of it, you know, for senior players. Let's develop these lads and, you know, see what they can do next year, ready for next year and uh, when, when we can try give it a crack again. Because let's face it, you know, we haven't got much to play for this year now. Well, on the topic of youngsters, um, the only change I'd make to the team that you uh, you said there, I would have uh, I'd give Will Price a game instead of Ollie Russell, and I would give uh, George Roby a chance instead of Cunningham. Mm, yeah, can't yeah. be doing it right. But, no, um, no, <laughs> I don't think you will. But no, you know, yeah, we've got no to lose now, but to just play these youngsters, develop them, you know, they're lads that have come through academy that want to play for this club, that are eager to impress, you know, giving them one game and taking them out because they've made a couple of errors, you know, under eyeball, ain't going to do up for the confidence and ain't going to help them improve. You know, mm. for me, you have to leave them in there for three, four, five games and see what they can do after that because they're only going to get better, aren't they, you know. Especially we've got ten, uh, three games in 10 days, you know, we have to rotate a bit, aren't we? So yeah, I mean, I really like. I would like to see Will Price play in at least one of those games. Yeah, had another good game for the academy at the weekend. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 Can't do any more than that, can he? No. So what scores are you going? I, I like the idea of maybe uh, keeping senior out wide rather than Leroy. Uh, play. You know, it's the old square pegs round holes syndrome for me. Yeah. You know, play a winger and don't play a, a centre who's probably wanting to move inside rather than outside uh, on the on the flank. Um, so I, I like that, um, but I also believe that we need to balance that with results. I know we're not getting results, but um, I think there's a lot to be said sometimes for you know a couple of experienced players, you know, especially through the middle. Um, Caesar has to come back in, obviously. Uh, Lutelli, you know, as long as you've got good experience around one or two of these young ones, it should should hopefully the young ones may may bring through uh, may bring through some exuberance that we've probably not seen in the last few weeks. Yes. But I'd, I'd don't see a win just because Catalan are a really good side. Um, I'd love us to win, but you know I, I think Catalan have probably got got the 
got the number on this one. But, you know, we, we live in hope that we're surprised, don't we? What I will say is, though, this could could kickstart a bit of a revival in the season if we do win, because the games we've got coming up against Catalan and then Wigan, twa- uh, sorry, Cass after Catalan, I do think Castle suit the way we play. They're not particularly great side themselves. They, you know, they're up and down. Mm. And then we've got Wigan twice, who are playing really bad at the moment. You know, injuries, they've got yeah. a lot of players missing, and that's an opportunity for us there as well, because they are really out of form. Um, but, the, but saying that, they'll be looking at us as probably, uh, you know, targeting us as a game that they could probably win quite easily as well. So, mm. you know, if, if we do manage to get a win against Catalan on Thursday, it may, you know, give us the uh, the boost we need to kick on with a, to get a couple of more performances in over the next few weeks. But another bad defeat, and you can just see it get, only getting worse from there, really. You know, the confidence will be low. Um, you know, if we're playing that same type of rugby, fans are going to get agitated because it's not entertaining. Um, and that's the worry for me, you know, fans turning up to home games, uh, really low scoring games, you know, where we're conceding a few tries, but not really looking like we're going to score ourselves. Um, you know, odd try here and there. It's, it's not what people want to turn up on a Thursday night to see, you know. <laughs> they want to see us, you know, if, if we're going to go down, at least go down fighting and throwing the ball out wide, trying to, you know, show a bit of urgency. And I think that's where fans get frustrated in the Salford game, uh, you know, and the Wakefield game. There were no urgency, even when the game was slipping away. You know, it were only like the last five minutes against Salford where we actually looked like we had some urgency to try, you know, win the game it's like that's what the fans want to see with 20 minutes to go you know we're behind let's give it a, let's give it a go and then fans won't be bothered then but you know we'll, we'll see uh josh last word last word for you mate um give us your score prediction and uh and and lead us and 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 take us out okay well uh if i'm taking us out i'll try and be a bit positive so looking at catalan's recent results uh they, they only beat lee away 36 30 so there's a bit of hope there. If Lee can put 30 points on him, then uh, we can do the same. And they went to Cass last week and won 16-6. So I'm expecting a close game. I don't I don't think we'll get blasted off the pitch. It'll just be whether we've got that resolve that we didn't have on Friday um, when Catalan are, are on top and you know they have that spell of pressure. Can we can we withstand a few sets on our own line? Um, and if we can do that, then. You know, as Jake said, this could be. There's still time left in this season. There's 15 games left. We can still turn this around. I'm not saying we're going to make the playoffs, but you know, end it on a more positive note than we are at the moment. We don't want to finish second bottom or third bottom because that would be a disaster, really, given uh, everything was talked about at the start of the season. So I'm going to go. I think we can nick it. 17-16. There you go. Come on, the boys. <laughs> and that's it. So thanks again for listening to uh, talking with Giants and. Uh, Hopefully we're, we're on Josh's side and, and we'll be back next week with uh, a little bit more of a, a perk in our step. So thanks for listening and we'll be back next week.